morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, October 3rd. On this date in 1995, the so-called trial of the century ended in Los Angeles. A jury found former football star O.J. Simpson not guilty of the killings of his former wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and Ronald Goldman. On this date in 2003, a tiger mauled magician Roy Horn of Siegfried and Roy during a Las Vegas performance. It left the superstar illusionist in critical condition on his 59th birthday. And for your trivia question on this Tuesday, back on this date in 1945, a 10-year-old Elvis Presley made his first public appearance in a talent show singing Old Shep. Can you guess what prize he won? But first, let's go look at that Tuesday forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good Tuesday morning to you. Grab a light jacket as you head out the door this morning. We'll warm up from the 50s and 60s to near 80 by the time we hit lunchtime and up in the low to mid 80s for highs this afternoon. Looking ahead tomorrow, similar to today, partly cloudy sky around 83. Small chances for rain Thursday and Friday. Then a cold front heads our way this weekend. Looks dry Saturday and Sunday, but we'll be cooling down from the low 80s on Saturday to highs in the low to mid 70s on Sunday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. It has now been more than a week since Charleston County Superintendent Dr. Eric Gallion was placed on administrative leave following a 5-4 to four vote. Now, the four that did not want this to happen are demanding answers. Board members Darlene Dunmire-Roberson, Dr. Carol Temple, Courtney Waters, and Darren Lee Calhoun II called to address three main concerns. Why Gallion was placed on leave, why Michelle Simmons was not hired as chief academic officer, and the reason why these six members of the Health Advisory Committee were removed. They say that the board's chief responsibility is to be accountable to the community and putting the students and families first when making decisions, adding that the other five board members did not do what that when they were making the decisions last week. We call on our fellow board members to immediately rescind Dr. Gallion's unjustified and illegal paid administration leave status so that our superintendent, who was chosen by our community, can continue his work of making an impact in our school district. None of the five school board members who voted to place Galleon on, on leave responded to requests for comment. Starting today, multiple committees made up of librarians, staff, and parents in the Berkeley County School District will begin reviewing 93 books that have been challenged by one single parent in the district. But ahead of today's committee meetings, the school board discussed how to handle the review process. And as our Emily Johnson tells us, some parents have their concerns. Last night, parents shared multiple concerns surrounding these upcoming committee meetings, including librarians not having enough time to read the books assigned to them and risks of live streaming these meetings. Ten committees made up of librarians, staff, and parents have been formed to review the books after one parent formally complained to the district about them. The committees were created because it would take longer than 30 days for the board to read all 93 books. But some committee members say be asked to read 10 books with only a few weeks' notice outside of work and without being paid for it is unreasonable. Not only do they not have the time, um, 
allotted to read thousands of pages in the amount of time that they're given. Uh, but I'm also hearing from friends who are serving on these committees as professionals and how they are concerned about how the policy is being interpreted and how the process is being handled. The meeting ended with no action taken by the school board in regards to how these book review committees will be handled. In Monk's Corner, Emily Johnson, Life 5 News. Charleston County Council members got a chance to check out at the progress being made at the former school building turned affordable housing project. That project was announced last summer and would convert the former Archer School on Nassau Street into affordable housing units. The project was in danger, but a council vote in January to use $2 million of American Rescue Plan funding kept it on track. Council members say it was a necessary investment and is a critical part of the Housing Our Future plan. The apartments will be for those 55 and older and below 60% of the area median income. 50% uh, of the median income is about $39,000 a year. Affordable housing rules in place ensures this property will be affordable housing for at least the next 30 years. Dorchester County is getting ready to build a new fire and EMS station in one of its fastest growing areas to help serve the lower parts of the county. Summers Corner is scheduled to get hundreds of new homes over the next few years, but that area doesn't have a fire or EMS station to serve that growing area. Now that is expected to change as the county now has initial drawings of the plant building. It'll have two bays and will house firefighters transferring over from a nearby station. Dorchester County Council member Jay Byers says it'll serve between 12 and 20,000 people who live there and will help lower the cost of homeowners insurance. County officials expect to break ground sometime next year before potentially opening the station by the end of 2024. South Carolina is in the midst of an economic development boom as companies vow to spend billions of dollars in capital investment and create thousands of new jobs. For the state as a whole to thrive, state leaders believe rural communities need to be part of the picture. This empty building in Clariton County will become a Latitude Corp's $29 million metals manufacturing facility. The SC Ready program is, or rather the Ready SC program, is what led to Latitude Corp's decision to expand to South Carolina. This program ensures tier three and four counties like Clariton play a much bigger role in the state's economic development surge. Companies that relocate to South Carolina can get tax credits based on how many jobs they create. Those tax credits can become 15 times their initial amount for relocating to a smaller county compared to bigger areas with stronger economies. North Charleston police have arrested a man in connection to a shooting that happened last week. Authorities say this man, Robert Williams, is being charged with attempted murder. Last Tuesday, officers were called to Fairwinds Drive off of Otranto Road just before 2 in the afternoon. When they got there, they found a person had been shot. Williams was booked at the Charleston County Jail. A woman is facing multiple charges following a September shooting on Dorchester Road. North Charleston police have arrested and charged 21-year-old Ebony Nelson with attempted murder and attempted armed robbery. Police say just over a week ago on September 20th, they responded to Dorchester Road around midnight for a man who'd been shot. Police tell us they found him sitting in a car. He was then taken to the hospital. Nelson has been booked into the Charleston County Jail. 
North Charleston police have charged a 16-year-old with murder in connection to a different September shooting. Officers say on September 24th, they responded to Bream Road near Dorchester Road and found a man with gunshot wounds. A 19-year-old victim was transported to a local hospital and later died. The Charleston County coroner identified him as Quindarius Washington Russ from North Charleston. An investigation led detectives to identify a teen male as a suspect in the shooting. That suspect was found off Azalea Drive yesterday and booked into Charleston County's Juvenile Detention Center. A Hemingway family is asking for the community's help to find answers about their son's death. According to Williamsburg County deputies, 24-year-old Jaquan Julius was shot and killed in Hemingway in mid-September. His family describes him as loving, family-oriented, and a hard-working person. Julius held many titles at a young age, a brother, a son, a friend, and a father. He leaves behind two children under the age of five. His family says the community needs to unite to prevent more senseless gun violence. Anyone with information on that shooting should call the Williamsburg County Sheriff's Office at 843-355-6381. Trident United Way and the Tri-County Library Systems are partnering for their event called 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten. The nationwide initiative challenges families to read at least 1,000 books with their children before they start kindergarten. The goal is to help improve regional literacy gaps in the short term and impact the future skill base in the years to come. Events are this Saturday, October 7th from 10 a.m. to noon at libraries across the Tri-County. You can visit the different library uh, locations like the North Charleston Public Library, Monk's Corner Library, and many more to learn about the program. You can register there for free, start tracking your children's progress to earn prizes and more. The YMCA of Greater Charleston wants to help better serve the physical and mental well-being of those who work in the Berkeley County School District. They are now partnering with the district to provide free memberships to all employees. In celebration of this partnership, they are inviting BCSD employees out to the Cane Bay Family YMCA. This will be the formal announcement of their partnership with the district happening tomorrow, October 4th at 6 p.m. Teachers, staff, administrators, and district officers Office staff are all invited. The district says it is exciting to provide some financial relief while supporting mental and physical health. Moja on King is coming to the city of Charleston. This high energy block party will take up the upper half of King Street. The event is this Thursday, October 5th, and it's free to the community. The block party will feature live music, outdoor vendors, dining, and extended retail hours from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The rest of the Moja Arts Festival is taking place through October 8th. It features lots of performances, art exhibitions, and community celebrations. The Orangeburg County Fair starts today, and listen up because there are some new security measures you may want to know about. According to the fair officials, in addition to a clear bag policy and metal detectors, those under the age of 16 are now required to sign in with a parent or an adult. Upon sign-in with parents, attendees will receive wristbands with matching numbers. Officials say they hope to reduce the number of issues that have happened at the fair in the past. The county fair runs until October 8th at 7 p.m. Today, the Ralph H. Johnson VA Healthcare System is honoring two veterans who died to help celebrate their legacy as members of the VA family. Donald L. Brown and David R. Dixon both served in the U.S. Navy. They have no family in the area, but were treated as family by the VA staff. They'll both be honored today as they're taken to Beaufort National Cemetery with an escort from the Patriot Guard Riders. The motorcade will start to line up in front of the parking garage of the VA building at 10 a.m. 
Organizers are asking all Ralph H. Johnson VA healthcare system employees to line up and pay their respects outside as that motorcade departs. For the first time in 20 years, the Air Force is changing the way it presents force, and Joint Base Charleston is leading the charge. It's called the Air Force Force Generation Model. Live 5 got a first-hand look at the men and women being deployed under this new model. Airmen will now be deployed on a two-year cycle broken into four six-month cycles. The Air Force says during the first two phases, airmen prepare to get certified and get certified before being deployed for six months, and then they come back to reset and retrain. The reason for the change is because the military is transitioning from the fight in Afghanistan and Iraq to a more conventional way of fighting.